Welcome to this week's edition of the Muddy River Breakdown. I'm Matt Shuckman, editor of Muddy River Sports, and joining me in the Muddy Buddy studio, the longtime voice of sports on KHQA, the Hall of Famer, the guru of, I, was, I can't call you Minister of Culture because Stevie Dirt's stolen that title. <laughs> guru of the Good, yeah, because you're, you're so much into pop culture and everything, we'll just call you the man, the myth, the legend, Chris Dewar. Well, I'm one of those at least, so I can attest to that. Hey, I am flattered and honored to be here with you, Dr. Shuckman. Thank you for the invitation. And when do you and I sit down and annoy America with our three-hour daily podcast where we do nothing but fight over sports films? Is that coming? It's coming. It it has to happen. Uh, We're going to save some of that for later because right now we got to talk about some other things that are maybe a little more pressing because we're on the the verge of full-blown fall sports. Finally. Isn't that nice to say? It really is. Uh, I know you've been out and about doing your barnstorming. I've been out and about bouncing from here and there and everywhere. And it's just fun. It's hot. I'm, You know, yesterday I'm sitting there at Camp Point, sweat pouring down my, my brow. But that's the way it's supposed to be. Isn't it? It is. Your eyes are supposed to sting like they used to when you had the helmet on, which means we are in full throws, and we are in full throws, which has been great. And I know you made your way to Brown County and to Camp Point Central. And and to me, that's a lot of the fun because everywhere is its own unique culture. And and I I know this with you because it's the same with me. We're not just popping in to to watch a few seconds and say we were there. We're talking to assistant coaches we've known for years and years and, you know, kind of doing the scuttlebutt thing with everybody in town. I know you got to partake of the local eats yesterday in Camp Point, (laughs) which is always fun. So it is. Every place is different and unique, and that's kind of what makes the idea of going out and being there so important and vital to what you and I do. No question about it. And and I think one thing popped up on Twitter the other night that kind of hits home with that, and it was talking about football fields and atmospheres and stuff, and everybody can look at those differently. What's the best field? What's the best atmosphere? When you throw the word best on there, you can change the, the scope of these discussions entirely but for you when we start thinking of where you want to go on a Friday night where there's a good field a good a good atmosphere whatever what stands out to these certain places for you what is it field is it atmosphere is it facility what you know what I think it? I think in a lot of different cases Matt it, it just depends on the circumstance sometimes the matchup makes it better you know I never really thought much of the field in Scioto until the first time I saw it ringed three deep for a you know a La Harp Northwestern Carthage game back in the day so right. you know all of that fits in I think you and I both know that just based on the fact that it's kind of a crazy sports town when Mount Sterling is excited and engaged and you know that football atmosphere there is is unique Unique unto itself from, you know, and, and the fact they've made auditions, additions to that field with like the video board and some of the things right. they've done aesthetically hasn't taken anything away. It's still the Harleys roaring in the back of the end zone after a touchdown to the point where you can't hear yourself think for the next four minutes, which is really unique to that. So I would say, you know, for me, if I'm going to the east, if I'm crossing the river into the east and staying in Illinois, I would say a big game in Mount Sterling is about as good as it gets. You know, I, I'm conflicted about that 
in Missouri, though, because I can remember, and I think we had this discussion a couple of years ago where we said Centralia is the best football field in the Clarence Cannon Conference, mm-hmm. and everybody has upgraded their field since. No Centralia is still a great field, but it's probably the dead last field now because you look at what Highland's done. Right. You look at what how Palmyra has changed everything with their atmosphere yep. with, with that setting. Monroe City flipped everything around. Clark County is an amazing facility, and I tend to think if the football comes to match, Highland is going to be right up there with all of them. So I'm really conflicted about that. There are a couple of places in Northeast Missouri I like just because they're unique and different. Like going to Paris into that forest is yeah. kind of cool True. because it, there's it no really is. yeah there's no other place quite like that. But you know, especially when you see the players come down, you know, from the school and start with the, the cop. Yes, yeah, exactly. that's a really cool thing no as question. well. And as I think I said on on, on social media, I, I have a special soft spot in my heart for Hugh Dunn Field. First place I ever covered a tri-state game. Okay. Um, and Hugh Dunn is sitting there. When the late Hugh Dunn is sitting right. there at the end of the field. So that was always cool as well, Matt. For me, it was always Palmyra. For a variety of reasons. I love the grandstand because it's, you know, it's the old granite built right into the side of the hill. The, the most disappointing thing about the way Palmyra is set up now, and Palmyra is a fantastic facility, so I'm not – I don't want people to go, oh, my, you're, you're knocking this great. It is beautiful. It is state-of-the-art. I mean, I love when you're you're driving on, high, you know, Highway 61, and it's late at night, and you look up, and the scoreboard has the time on it. You know, and it's just a cool – just one of those cool little niches. Um, again, they did a phenomenal job. But I miss looking across the field and seeing the farm implement trucks and people sitting in the back. To me, that's the most disappointing thing about my career is I never watched a Palmyra game sitting in the back of one of those trucks. Well, that that is a really good point. And you also, because he's not doing it anymore, kind of lose the old school Jim Cisna effect from him doing PA and all the things that went into it. And you and I are sentimentalists because there are things I miss about the old Langford field at Monroe City as well. I agree. Different things... But again, I, I think we have done, you know, as a as an area, a real service to our kids with all the upgrades, whether it's, you know, in town at advanced physical therapy field, you know, some of the upgrades there, adding the new football facility to Flynn Stadium helps. I wish they would fix the lights. The, the lighting at Flynn Stadium annoys me because I'm trying to shoot at the same time. And there's a dinginess to it that they still haven't corrected. And I hope they do. But okay. uh, again, every place kind of has its own atmosphere and character. With that said... There's another sport that presents presents itself within the same vein, and that's golf. Because teams get their own home course, and they get comfortable on those courses, and each course is different. Each hole is different. Do you have a favorite course that you visit during the year? Well, I, I'm, I'm mercenary, Matt, because I'm looking for highlights. So when it's Alex McCullough at Gibson Woods, and I know he's going to overpower that thing yeah. and probably come in six or seven under, I'm ecstatic to make that trip to Monmouth. Yesterday, I made my second ever trip up to Metamora. Metamora Fields is the prettiest golf course I think I've seen in the state of Illinois to this point. Wow. And it's very player-friendly, as we saw from some of the scores being put up yesterday. So that's a gorgeous facility. I mean, I, I'm very partial to Westview. Same here. That, that's a fun place to be for me because the, the, some of those holes have such incredible character. Uh, I, and I know you've spent so much time out there. Well, yeah, I have, but the one, the one course that's certainly around here that for some reason I just absolutely love to go out and follow guys around is Arrowhead Heights. Yeah. There's there's, there's unique little pieces to that course that that I really enjoy. Um, there's a couple holes at Deer Run up at Hamilton. 
that I really like, and then there's a couple that I I just go, why did you do that <laughs> in design? Um, for me, I think it's when I've gone south. Spencer T. Owen. Which is a phenomenal course. I, I yes. love that course. That's one of my favorites to visit. Well, and that was, and, and you and I both did this, that was the heyday of Luke Guthrie being at Spencer T. Olin and watching him measure himself against those great Collinsville teams. So again, I think there's some sentiment in it because we knew we were watching something in that moment that was incredibly special. We, we just saw the latest golfer in a line of very talented golfers step off the high school stage from here in Quincy, and that's with Alex McCullough moving on to Illinois State University. Obviously, this year, there's a kid out of, out of Macomb and Connor Ham who is putting up some phenomenal rounds and some phenomenal numbers. But it's pretty even across the board throughout the rest of the area. Who's our next high-level golfer? If you're asking me this, I, I, this answer might surprise you. But we've been hearing about this for a while, and we're always wondering who's next. And Sophia Gold is already up playing number two as a freshman for the Quincy High Girls, and she is relentlessly consistent. It's you know, it's it's amazing to watch her because everything is so repetitive and yet controlled, and you don't know if she's having a bad hole or a good hole. And and I know the you know the answer is, hey, what about Quinn Thomas? Quinn Thomas is a phenomenal talent when Missouri golf rolls around, and he is. Quinn is still trying to figure out the driver. And once he gets it figured out, I mean, he's a state champion, and we're saying, <laughs> hey, there's still canvas for him. He's a kid that could win four state titles. It, I mean, it's possible because he won one as a freshman. He's the Colin Arch of golf at this yeah. point because that 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 history could be out there for him. But I am just super impressed with Sophia Gold. We've been waiting for it, and very rarely, you and I know, does the hype kind of match what the reality turns out right. to be. She feels to me like the next person that could be. And you mentioned Connor Ham. He's obviously having a tremendous run. But there's going to be some, I mean, you don't shoot four under at Wybring, you know, no. a, a, by accident. But he's going to start getting tested now because the bullseye, you know, he's now the Alex McCullough, right. Braden Duncan, who's going to get the bullseye and everybody's best round. As we move past, you know, we've talked football, talked golf. We've got soccer, volleyball are all going to get started. Outside of football, what's the storyline you're interested in following over the next few weeks just to see how things get started? Q&D volleyball. Okay. Um, I think a lot of it because we've added a transformational transfer. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get a chance to go out to blue and gold because I was doing other things. Um, you know, I had somebody tell me this morning that if things had stayed the way they would have at Unity, Unity would have won a state championship. And now you add that piece to Quincy Notre Dame. So I'm anxious to see just how for real that is. Um, and also because there's actually a measuring stick out there for Q&D this year. As we saw volleyball as a rivalry between Macomb and Q&D last year got really, really good. Right. And you're looking at a you know at a Macomb team that has two Division One players coming back, and maybe the best setter in the state, Navery Rex Road. So it's going to be interesting to see what that Q and D Macomb volleyball dynamic is. How isn't about you? It, isn't it fun to see the rivalry between Q and D and Macomb kind of heat up again? We've saw, we saw it for a lot of years in football between Bill Connell and the Kelly Sears coach teams. Even though those two are, are great friends and got along well, and but those teams had some phenomenal games. But think about it. The golf, the golfers have had a good rivalry the last few years. Volleyball. You know, you start going to other sports outside of football, and that Quincy-Notre Dame-Macomb rivalry is pretty good, isn't it? Boys basketball this yeah. year. That game down at the pit, which, you know, propelled Jeremy Anderson's team to an undefeated spring season, right. was incredible. 
And then we looked at what we missed out on because spring was wonky, but those were two incredibly good baseball teams, two incredibly well-coached baseball teams that we didn't get the full effect of. And I think both have some talent that's moving into the future that you're going to go, man, it's fun to have that rivalry bouncing back and forth the way it used to. And also, I think, you know, just by being around Tanner Horrell a little bit, I think football's on the come up up there. It's going to take some time. Um, And I know that doesn't, directly apply to Quincy Notre Dame at this point, but down the road, you and I know the shifting balances of conferences and how everybody's looking to fill a schedule, and Q&D's still in that boat. Macomb might start becoming a one-game-a-season option, like a rivalry game. Okay, so you've had a little bit of a chance to spend a little bit of time at Macomb. I haven't had the chance to be around Coach Horrell much. How much does he like Skitch? So he doesn't spell doo-doo wrong when talking about pet doo-doo on the new field as our good friend Steve pulled off the other day, and I, I have yet to give him the proper amount of grief. But I would tell you he's very, very unskitch-like on a sideline. I, he, he has his dad's wizardry for an offense. Yeah. That is That has not changed. But, you know, Tanner is just so laid back, which – Steve is a different kind of laid back yes. vibe. So, yes. but it, it's fun to watch and it's neat to see that. And you know, we're, we're at the point where we're covering family legacies at this point yeah. in our careers. That's right. It's kind of fun to see that kind no of question. trickle in different ways, like with Tony and Jeff Geschwender. I mean, that's a yeah. really cool, different vibe. Yeah. And we haven't even mentioned Hannibal football, surprisingly. They're going to be really good. They're going to be really good. I know. And we're going to talk about them plenty as the season goes on. But you just you brought up Jeff Gishwinder's name, and it just made me go. They're going to be a lot of fun to watch. Oh, they are. They're going to be. They're going to be superb for reasons that we haven't even regaled people right. about yet. So exactly. it's coming. So you're on the road a lot, just like I am. Um, what's your go to when you want to flip on something on the radio or satellite radio or whatever? What's your go to to keep yourself entertained on the road? I actually talk to myself in the car, Matt. Which Why is that yeah, which I, I know sounds psychotic. But 90% of doerisms is me verbally recording things that I'm yeah. thinking into my phone anymore. I do a lot of podcasts now nowadays, especially, you know, with the Sacramento Kings season starting and that kind of stuff. Right. I listen to podcasts on the road. But a lot of it is just, I, I think I find it, if I'm engaged in the mind as much as I'm on the road, right. if I'm talking out doerisms, I feel like it writes more in my voice, which is something you're always looking for when you're trying to reach people. So, you know, musically, you know, I have bizarre and diverse tastes across the board, but most of that is basically done at at other times during the day. Usually when I'm working and driving, it's, hey, I'm in that mindset of, hey, what did I just see at practice? And how is this translatable to something else? So it's me having imaginary conversations with people in the car. Do you actually like record yourself? I do. I do. So I know what I want to go back and say, because otherwise, as you well know, great thoughts go like that in this business. So do you ever catch people looking at you going, that dude's over there talking to himself. Oh, I pretend like I'm on the phone at that point. <laughs> I have gotten really good at trying not to make myself look as crazy as I am, Matt, which is a good occupational yeah. trick to have in this business. The uh, You mentioned Sacramento Kings and your love for your hometown NBA franchise. Are you Have you calmed down a little since the Summer League Championship is over? Or? 
I, I have been remarkably calm about it, but I wanted to canvas you about this because I know the NBA is not your favorite thing in the right. world, but I know how much you trade in basketball philosophy. And the big thing with Sacramento, hey, we found a transformational on-the-ball defender in Davion Mitchell who just was the best player defensively I've ever seen in a summer league game, just the way he moves his feet. And the talk in King circles now is, hey, in the modern NBA, can you play three smaller guards all at once in a three-guard system? And that's become this huge, incredible debate. And I know how much, you know, first of all, college basketball you watch yes. and, you know, sort of your, you know, your devotion to things like watching Tom Izzo coach. Is that workable in pro basketball with three smaller guards playing at the same time, the way they, the game's going? And if it's not workable as a starting thing, Matt, can you close with a lineup like that if one of those guys is, in fact, an elite defender? Because I've seen responses all over the place. Well, I, I think it is doable because it, but you have to have an elite defender um, in that group and you have to have an elite scorer in that group. That doesn't mean they have to be the same person. Right. But you have to have an elite one of, of each of those and then complementary pieces to go with it. What what soured me long ago on the NBA and has, has since kind of changed is at one point in time, the NBA was nothing but clear out one-on-one. -on -one. It was. That wasn't basketball to me. No, because, and it's not. Because you're going to send somebody over to stand in the corner so that your superstar can stand at the top of the key and go one-on-one -on -one with somebody. Well, that's a one-on-one -on -one game. That's not a team game. So that's where I got soured on the NBA. But you're seeing that change. You're seeing more teamwork. You're seeing better basketball over time. Um, and that's why I think a three-guard system can work with the right pieces in place. It, it does. And, and you love passing I because I've heard you talk yeah. about it before. And the idea of secondary and tertiary initiators in basketball is a beautiful thing because it's like everyone's a point guard now and everybody cares about passing. And if you watch like a Josh Giddy now out of Australia, who, by the way, has some ties to our good friends over at Culver Stockton, right. um, you know, Josh Giddy seeing the floor as a three slash four even and being able to move the ball and position offensive pieces is chessboard basketball, which I know is right in your wheelhouse. Big, big men that can pass the ball, especially from the high post, are dynamite. They are. And, and to me, watching basketball, you can sit there and say all you want about the highlight reel plays, the dunks, the breakaways, the you know running somebody down from behind for a block shot, which, again, love the highlights. But I get more excited about a crisp, perfect entry pass to the post or somebody that understands how to use a bounce pass correctly. It's, you know, to me, it's, it's those subtle aspects of basketball that I love watching. Well, maybe it's because I don't see it enough in Sacramento, but when I'm watching other games on league pass that aren't the Kings, yeah. I'm watching for defense. Matisse yeah. Thibel working one-on-one -on, -one on somebody is like art. It's like watching, you know, Monet paint because you know you're looking at the best person in the planet right now at that particular practicing art. It's it's like your good friend Steve Horrell always said, if you're going to do something in this world, be Kentucky Fried Chicken. Be better than everybody else at one thing. And yep. you know what? That that That's a really good point in this world about being successful. Well, and I know we we transferred over to basketball, and I wrote a story this week on Jeremiah Talton. Right. Uh, and his Very good story, by the way. I loved reading that story. Well, he's such a such a thoughtful kid, such a dynamic kid, but the fact that he understands that even though, yes, he's a shooter and all those things, but defense is going to get him scholarship money. It's going to get him looks. It's going to get him playing time. He understands that. And if you watch the kid play, he's getting better and better defensively with moving his feet, using his length, 
and he understands how to get position. To me, that's the he knows where to be when somebody's attacking the basket. How cool is it that we have these Division I power pieces that are coming through our area right now, and every one of them is whip smart, whether it's Danny Stevens, whether it's Mr. Tolton, whether it's Abby Shrek. All of these players have a firm understanding. They're wonderful students in the classroom. They take care of their business. They attend to their siblings. I mean, it's a really special moment. And I'd admonish you, if you have not seen these folks play, you're not just supporting good basketball players in this particular right. instance. You're supporting great kids. Well, it goes back to to beyond being good kids, good citizens, good community members. They come from good stock. They do, the and parents, great parents. The parents have influenced those kids and other kids around them. And that it's not just the parents are are singling out their own kid and making sure their their own kid is doing the right thing. They're helping teach all the kids around them. This is how to act. This is how to approach things. This is how to talk to adults. It's all those little, the, the subtle things that kids have to learn as time goes on. And these kids are learning it. And they're, and they're exposing, in Jeremiah Tolton's case, he talked about exposing his younger brothers to it. But they're exposing their teammates to it who maybe aren't used to it. And then they get better at it. And it's just, it's a, it, and it's so, it's so enlightening and, and so refreshing to see kids who are helping each other learn these things that they're not their heads aren't buried in their phones all the time that they're helping each other become more mature i i always look at that as just such a wonderful compliment to the tolton family whether it's ed whether it's jermaine and yeah. just you know just spending time in their orbit is just it, it's a really fun experience because you can see the respect they command but you can see why their kids are so well-mannered and so driven to be good at whatever it is that's in front of them, whether it's basketball, football, or academics. That, to me, is incredibly cool. Well, and we're going to have a lot of that, and whether it's whether it's the Tallinn family, the Shrek family, the Stevens family. And I could go on and on down the list of, of area athletes. Um, but it's it, we're in for a special time, and thank goodness we get to do it right now when we want, when we're used to it. We're back to somewhat of a normal setting. Do you feel better? Because I was I was in a really weird place last year. Yeah. Are you back to sort of your oh, normal? Yeah, I am. Because I feel because I'm out of football practices. I'm not sitting on the tailgate talking to football coaches. I mean, we taped Shuck on a truck this week with Bill Connell. If that doesn't put you in a good mood, nothing can. But it it is. It's it feels like we're we're doing what we're supposed to be doing at the right time of year. Yeah, and it feels like the shackles are off as well yep. because, you know, and I had this, I was act, actually at a, a speaking engagement with young kids today at Southeastern. Got asked to come in and help do the welcome to school today, which was super fun, but it was a point of, you realize that everybody's gone through this together. We may all be doing separate things, but there was a toll on all of us. And to see some light, to have some payback for our efforts in terms of, hey, human interaction again. I get to go to a town with people that I know and get a little give back with them. And, and, and things that were taken from us last year, it really kind of lifts the spirits. And, and we need that as a society. And it's, and it's little things. It, it, it's, again, it comes back to the moments that, that just make you smile, make you laugh. Um, you mentioned that I, I stopped at a local eatery in Camp Point at the Shake Shack this week. Well, and, and I, I, the two girls that were working at the counter, asked them, hey, what, what do you suggest I get? So you know, I made my order, and then she comes to the window, and she's like, 
she looks with this like real sheepish look and she goes, your total is 666. And she goes, I didn't do it. I didn't, you know, I told her if I, if I have any trouble with my truck on the way back to Quincy, I'm blaming her. And she, she giggled, but it was, she, she was having fun with it for, with her job, with life, you know, again, human interaction. It is. And it, for me, it like never feels like I've actually made a trip to Bluffs, Illinois until I walk into Plocky's and get the burger. And I mean, and you sit there and everybody's in town and it's a big deal that people are sitting there talking to each other, eating like they used to being a community. And at heart, that's what this is. We feed a community. That's what we're not talking about sports. We're not in the sports business. We're in the community business. We're in the kid business. And that's what makes this so fulfilling. You know, you, you've said it yourself. Nobody remembers the score for very long, but everybody remembers the impact. Yep, and that's what we will continue to do on both of our venue, uh, platforms and make this work. Hey, how about we do this again here in a couple of weeks? I would be thrilled and excited, and it's always fun to talk to you. It seems like yeah. it's been too long, my friend. Well, next time we're going to break down the best places to eat when we're on the road in our different communities. Oh, I'm ready for that one. Okay, well, we'll do that next time here on the Muddy River Breakdown.